everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and today's episode is Season 6, Episode 8, The Assassin. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired December 7th, 1994. The Assassin was directed by Martin von Hasselberg, who also directed the music video My One True Friend for his wife, Bette Midler. That's right, the Bette Midler. The screenplay is by Scott Nimmerfro. This episode stars Shelley Hack from TV's Charlie's Angels and movies like Troll, Chelsea Field from TV's NCIS New Orleans, Jonathan Banks from TV's Breaking Bad, Marshall R. Teague from TV's Babylon 5, and he also had a small part in another Tales from the Crypt episode, uh, Season 4, Episode 14, I believe, Curiosity Killed, and Corey Feldman from movies like The Lost Boys, and he was also in another movie I just reviewed, Tales from the Crypt Presents Bordello of Blood. So for Season 6, Episode 8, The Assassin, I'm going to go ahead here and read the description on the back of the box. Hey, use a coaster. A perfect homemaker proves to be more than a match for invading espionage agents. This is a kind of weird episode. Again, there's another scene that I think is supposed to be... I mean, this one's probably more supposed to be funny than sensual. But like I've said in other episodes, season six definitely feels like it's they're trying to be a bit more sexy or sensual or I don't know. I mean, it just it, they throw in a couple of things that just don't... It doesn't quite seem like it fits. So let's get into the assassin. So this episode opens up with a visit from Death, played by William Sadler, who's done multiple roles in Tales from the Crypt. He's also done this role in, or this is a role that he's done in the Bill and Ted movies. He plays Death. And so yeah, he's here and he's visiting the Crypt Keeper and he's bothering the Crypt Keeper is basically what this is. He's just talk, 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 talk. And the Crypt Keeper's just like, that's nice. How do I get rid of this guy? <laughs> he's like... This is driving me crazy. By the way, did I mention that I was in Europe? There was an Elvis sighting there, so I figured I'd check it out, but it was just a fat guy in a sequin suit. I took him anyway. Is this guy boring or what? All he ever talks about is himself. I gotta remember that the next time he comes to town and wants to get together. So there's like a little bit of an extended intro here of them and he's pouring him a drink, and I believe they end up playing cards or some game. So yeah, it's just them talking, hanging out. Then the Crypt Keeper brings in the episode. So it starts out from like a camcorder or like a, a tape or someone's video recording the house. They live in a nice neighborhood and someone's recording them. And it says it's 7.32 a.m. You have Janet and Jeremy McKay, and they're just this couple, and she's this really great homemaker, and she's made him this nice breakfast, and he's in a suit, and he's getting ready to head to work. I love you. I love you. I want to take you away this weekend. Where to? Anywhere you want, just as long as you're happy. I'm happy when I'm with you. See you tonight. Don't forget the Seldons are coming for dinner. <sighs> How you do it, I'll never know. She likes to keep a clean home, and she's good at it. And she's pretty, you know, and she's, um, I believe she's got a dress on. Yeah, well, she's in, like, her, <laughs> she's in, like, a, a nightgown with, like, a, 
fluffy pinkish type rose and bring some flowers. It's supposed to be real idyllic and fakish looking, but apparently like so in love. And they seem like they have a fairly good relationship together. You know, they're they're hot for each other or whatever, but uh, it just seems like real kind of saccharine. And so it shoots to some time later and it's been a couple hours and now she's dressed and she's got like this, I think it's like a skirt and then like a shirt and she's got groceries because she's got to get this house in order and get this dinner made because she's got plans at like seven or something and she's got crap she's got to do. She doesn't have time for anything else right now. And she walks into the kitchen and she's putting things away and there's another woman sitting at her table. May I help you? I hope so, Mrs. McKay. My name's Simone Bardu. I'm with the Los Angeles Police Department. I'd like to ask you a few questions about your husband. My husband? Yes, when do you expect him home? At seven. May I ask what this is all about? A routine matter, ma'am. When you say seven, do you mean he leaves work at seven or he actually arrives home at seven? I think I'd better call my husband right now. That really won't be necessary. As I said, the questions are merely a formality. I think you should know that my husband and I have friends in the police department, Miss Bardu. Friends in high places. How's it going? I'm just chilling inside your house. And Janet's like, can I help you? And she's like, yeah, I'm with the LA police department to ask you some questions about your husband. And it's interesting that she's just like already in her house sitting at her kitchen table. Janet goes to leave the kitchen to grab the phone. And that's when Simone grabs her hand. They're kind of threatening each other. And Janet's like, we know people in the police department. And she's like, really who? And Janet gives her name and she's like, oh, I know him. But it's like, they're, they're just kind of bluffing with each other. And I mean, it's kind of a scary situation. You come home and this woman's just sitting there and she's like in this kind of business skirt suit. And she's just like, hey, I'm with the police department. But it's like, I think she showed a badge, but it's just like, okay, but you could have knocked on the door when I got home. Like, well, how did you get in here? <laughs> kind of thing. This is where Janet is getting kind of scared. And so she like hits the woman in the face with the phone and goes to run. And as she turns, uh, she goes to open the door to leave the house. Two guys are at the door. One is Corey Feldman and one is Jonathan Banks, who you would know as if you've seen Breaking Bad, he played Mike, the guy who kind of does like the hitman kind of stuff and things like that. That's when Corey Feldman hits her with this taser. And they don't really show him hitting her with it, but her face like goes like kind of crazy and everything gets blurry and she falls. So she's coming back. She's coming too. It's kind of blurry. You see the three of them, um, Simone, Corey Feldman, who plays Todd, and Jonathan Banks, who plays William. And they're kind of searching through the house. And it's a, it's a real clean house. There's like white carpet and stuff. It's like that kind of like pristine. Like they don't have kids or a pet. And so she's kind of coming to and she keeps saying something. They don't know what she's saying. And what was funny is like, even though she's coming out of this, this haze, she still needs to keep the house clean. So the whole time what she's saying is coaster. She wants them to put a coaster under the drink because they bring her a drink, which I believe is might be alcohol. And the whole time she's just like, no, a coaster. And she like moves the coaster over and puts it on there. And they think she's saying closer. And then they're like, oh, never mind trying to figure out what they want to do. They're like, you know, maybe she's telling the truth. Maybe we got the wrong guy. And Simone's like, I, I don't think so. We got this. <laughs> and someone comes over and like sticks her heel on her chest, on Janet's chest and pushes her back into the couch. And then that's when you're kind of like her, they're all figuring, she's, uh, Janet's figuring out and they're telling her that they're the CIA and that her husband is like an ex-CIA secret agent or special agent who's wanted for a bunch of things. Gus, what are you doing? Now he's sitting next to me. I have this pile of papers and things next to me at the desk that I record at. And Gus is like, hey, what's up? Oh, and he's blepping. Are you blepping? Hmm? What do you want? Yeah, okay. Well, if you hear anything else, it's probably him walking around on the desk and me having to move him. 
So you're finding out that Jeremy, her husband or whatever, is like a secret agent. And then Simone slaps her across the face. And it gets a bit like whimsical here and like silly. Like the two guys in the back are just like, woo, yeah, that's crazy. Women hitting each other or whatever. And and they're all just kind of walking around trying to find clues. And Simone's like wiping the blood from Janet's lip. And she's just like, no, I know we're looking for your husband. And this whole time Janet's like, guys, I have a dinner party tonight. Can we not? So they showed her a picture of what the guy looks like, right? That they're looking for. And immediately Janet's like, you guys are insane. That's not my husband. She runs over and finds a picture. She's like, this is my husband. This is my husband. This is the man I'm married to, Jeremy McKay. See? I said the man is an AWOL assassin for the CIA. He has been missing for five years. Do you really think he could avoid us for this long, walking around in his own skin? He's changed his appearance, you stupid cow. He's changed his hair, his face, his fingerprints. He is a new man. But he got sloppy. He forgot one thing. His teeth. <laughs> That's right, his teeth. And they're like, no, you dumb cow. He's had stuff done, his fingerprints removed, his face redone and everything, but we found him through dental records, his teeth. Like he needed a root Guys, stop. <laughs> Get down. But we found him through dental records and he had to get a root canal. And so pretty sure that's him. He's just changed his appearance. And it's imperative that we find him. And so they're like, okay, well, we'll just wait for him to come home. We'll get things prepared. Gus, stop. Stop. He's trying to knock stuff off the desk. They're trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to do. So apparently it takes William, who is apparently another, like, hitman, get rid of the body type person like he is in Breaking Bad. He goes to the bathroom to get ready because it's, he says it's going to take him up to three hours to get ready. But he's got to prepare the bathroom for, I guess, dismembering the bodies and getting rid of everything. So he goes into the bathroom, to, William does, to prep for that. And then that's when Todd, played by Corey Feldman, decides to, he's supposed to go get rid of Janet. Why they do it downstairs, I'm not sure. I feel like you would just take her into the bathroom and do it there. He's like, Janet, come with me. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to kill you. So they go downstairs into this dark basement. And it's like a finished basement. Corey Feldman, Todd, his character is just being like, he's kind of like the young guy who's kind of a screw up, but he's trying to be responsible. And he, you know, he knows he's got to kill this woman. And I guess it's, I mean, it's a somewhat finished basement, but there's like a treadmill and like some other exercise equipment and they just kind of use it as like a home gym situation. And they're standing there and they start talking because she's trying to stall and he's kind of just being chatty. He's like, this is a nice setup you got here. Let me ask you a question, Mr. McKay. What, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the uh, Stairmaster or the bike? The treadmill. Treadmill? Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, really uh, the old buns, you know what I'm saying? Good buns to tighten, too. I got some tight buns. You, you should feel them. Go ahead, grab them. It's all right. Ooh, see? See what I mean? You're right. Yeah. That's nice. Thank you. I know. Don't kill me. And Mrs. McKay, just, you know, stop that. I've got a job to do. You've got a job to do. Your job is to die. My job is to kill you. She starts to seduce him, grabbing for his pants and stuff like that. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, uh, no, sorry, I'm supposed to kill you. This is what I got to do. I don't know what you're doing. Okay, this is where it gets a little like, I don't know if they're trying to be sensual, but it's like funny. It just seemed like a weird thing to kind of throw in here. 
So she runs over to the treadmill, leans over and like kind of, she's got her dress on or her skirt. Yeah, it's like a dress. It's like a jumper type dress with a white shirt on her. And she's on the treadmill. And I guess she, she's implying she wants him to have sex with her on the treadmill while she's like kind of bent on it. But she's on the treadmill, like on the thing with her, with her heels to the side. I don't know. And so for some reason, Todd puts his gun down. He's like, okay, well, fine. And he gets up there and he starts like unbuckling his pants. And then, like, it's kind of creepy because then he's like, you know, no matter what, I'm still going to kill you after this. Like, we're still going to do this. It's real silly. I was like, okay, um, okay. So it's implied that he, you know, he's doing her or whatever, right? <laughs> like, he gets, he's inside her, right? And then they're on the treadmill and then she turns on the treadmill and kind of, like, clenches her butt cheeks together or, like, whatever. You know, like, kind of clenches her legs together. And she's on the sides with her heels, so she's not technically on the tread. And so she's turning it up, right? And he's on the tread because he's trying to have sex with her from behind. He's got his pants down and everything around his ankles, right? And he can hardly run. And so she's kind of, like, trapped him between her legs. And then she's turning on the treadmill. And he's like, whoa, whoa, you know, he's trying to run. And I'm like, this is silly. I'm like, okay. just It gets sillier when you think about, like, the ending a little bit. But I'm just like, all right. So then he, you know, he can't run fast enough and he falls onto the ground and gets slipped down across the tread. And as he does, he has a tie on and the tie gets caught in the tread and it ends up locking up and choking him to death. And it's like, wow, that seemed real convenient. So he dies. She got pretty lucky with that one, I suppose. Then it cuts up to the bathroom and William's getting ready. He's laying like a tarp inside the bathtub. Simone comes in to talk to him and they're like talking about what they're going to do and everything. And it just seems weird that they separated. I feel like you would just take her in here and kill her. And then it's like, okay. Simone decides to go downstairs to find out what's taking Todd so long and let's see what happens. And she's coming down there and she's like, did you kill her? Did she take it like a man or something like that? And so that line there, you're like, when you go back later and you think about it, you're like, oh, I see what line, I see what you're doing. Okay, take it like a man. You might know where I'm heading with this. So she comes down there with a gun. Did she go out sniveling or did she take it like a man? Todd? And so Todd left his gun down there and it has a little silencer on it. And so, so what happens is Janet is hiding underneath the staircase. She steps out to point the gun at Simone at the top of the stairs. Her heel snaps and she ends up shooting, but it kind of wildly and it makes Simone tumble down the stairs. So she doesn't exactly hit her with it, but it kind of, you know, startles her. And they fall down the stairs and they have this fight and they're like choking each other out and punching each other. One of the heels Simone grabs and the other heel um, Janet ends up taking with her. And I think Simone tries to shoot at her, but misses. And so now Janet's running through the house with just one shoe. And she's like holding up her heel like she's going to stab someone. And she goes and grabs the phone. And she has to do the bathroom. And she gets in there. And Mike's in there with like a smock on. And he's going to the bathroom reading the newspaper. Because, I mean, you got to get everything prepared before you kill someone. you got to 
evacuate your bowels and light a candle and uh, play some music and just get zen about it. And so she comes in and she sees him and he's like, oh crap, and he goes to stand up and that's when she takes the heel of the shoe and sticks it right into his eye and it kills him immediately. And then he falls back. And so she's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? She comes outside, she doesn't have any shoes on. She's in the house, like walking into the living room, like out of the bathroom. And that's when a gun is put to her head and it's Simone. And Simone's like, all right, we got to talk. Um, how did you know how to like fight like that and kill like that and all that stuff? And who the heck are you? Who are you? I'm your worst nightmare, a woman with balls. You don't have balls, lady. You don't know the first thing about them. I've disemboweled a man while he was screwing me. That took balls. I shot my own people in the head so as not to blow my cover. I even let your husband use me up while he held a loaded gun to my head. Why? Because I knew it really turned him on. Does he still like the rough stuff, huh? Does he still like it when you bite his neck so hard that it draws blood? Does he? Does he? Yes. See, you can change the way you look. You can't change what you're made of. Tell you the truth, it's gonna be really good to see him. It's been such a long time. Not long enough. Gwen. What did you just call me? I called you Gwen. At least that's what you told me your name was when we were dating. I would have thought you, of all people, would have something nice to say about my new bridge work. Oh, no. Goodbye, Gwen. I'd love to reminisce a little longer, but as I said before, I have a dinner party at seven. Oh my god, it's five o'clock. I really have my work cut out for me. Well, you and your friends will just have to help. Simone's like, it'll be good to see him again. And then that's when Janice like, oh, it is good to see you, Gwen. And then when she says Gwen, her voice turns into a man's voice. Shelly Hack plays this really well, but it's just so silly how she goes from having this completely fem like fairly feminine voice to being like, hey, what's up, Gwen? And it's just a guy dubbing in the voice, right? She's like, look, I got my teeth done. I got my new a bridge. That's what it was. I got my new bridge work. Do you like it? What happened is Ron, I think it's Ronnie, I think. Like five years ago, I guess he retired from this agency or tried to get out of there. And so what he did is he had like a complete body transformation. He was turned into a woman. They don't go into specifics of how much, but apparently he just throws his voice all the time. You're assuming, I'm assuming everything has been changed over. That, I mean, that would explain the scene downstairs with the treadmill, possibly. It seems weird to me that if you're going to do all that, why not get the vocal reconstruction or re, like, vocal change stuff, too? I get, like, the twist, how it's kind of fun, where you're like, oh, I didn't expect that voice to come out of her. But it just seems like she would have gotten all that done anyway if she's going to live this life. And also, maybe not be sloppy about the bridge work. I feel like you would maybe catch on with that. But I guess, you know, you got to get your teeth done. I mean, it's an interesting plot in the sense of like, oh, a secret agent completely changed their whole persona and lives as, as this nice, polite housewife. So this ex-like agent, Ronnie or whatever, he's like kind of crass. He seems like he likes things a little rough from what you can hear. They used to have a thing. And so he's like, hey, it's me. And then this is all in the deep voice. He's just like, you know, I'd love to reminisce, but I have a dinner party at seven and oh God, it's five. I have to go. <laughs> like, we need to wrap this up. Yeah, she like goes to shoot her and she's like, oh shit, it's five. I have to go. 
gosh, I really have my work cut out for me. Like, she just, like, goes back and forth. Uh, I believe she shoots her, yeah. And she's like, you guys are just going to have to help with the dinner party. She has a lot to do in, like, two hours. So then it cuts to the dinner party, and you hear people in the background in the other room, like, oh, my gosh, I'm not, like, you know, dinner party talking. She cooked them to serve for dinner. Not, I don't know how she got all that done in two hours, but all right. And, like, she's going to pull it out of the, like, some meat out of the oven, and one has, like, a ring or something on it, and she ends up throwing all that down the garbage disposal. But it is kind of funny the way it's like how she just like she's got she's set on this dinner party. She's got stuff to do, you know, people are in her way. Yeah, she like pulls like a foot, like part of a foot. Maybe it wasn't a ring on there, but just part of a foot. And Jeff's, it's like, do you not think people are going to realize you just cooked a foot? And so she's prepping and stuff and getting things ready. And that's when her husband comes in and kind of scares her. And she's like, oh, oh, you scared me. And he comes in and he's like, look what Larry found, sweetheart. Hey, look what Larry found. <gasps> Sweetheart, it was a joke. Larry was just kidding around. Well, it isn't funny. I nearly had a heart attack. What are you doing later? I don't know. What did you have in mind? I bought a new paddle. You did? Yes, I did. When Daddy gets through spanking Mom, maybe we can play spy. Only if you bite Ronnie right here, just where I like it. Bite who? Who's Ronnie? I said Mommy. Bite Mommy. Mmm, great flavor. What's in it? Oh, just a little something some friends helped me throw together. How you do it, I'll never know. Jennifer Kay, you are quite a woman. Of course I am, silly. What else would I be? Then they kind of throw like this little kinky thing, which I thought was kind of kind of cute, like kind of funny, kind of cute, like that, that they're like clean cut couple. And she's like, ooh, that sounds fun. You know what Ronnie likes or something. And kind of says it a little bit in the deep voice, I think. And he's like, what? And she's like, you know what mommy likes. And he's like, yeah, I do. And then it just kind of ends. <laughs> and you're like, they have fun. You know, like he has no idea. She apparently got away with this. No one's going to know if they eat people. I don't know. So it's like, that's the end. And again, like he's like, I have no idea how you do it. This meat's so good. So that's the end of the episode. So it cuts back to the Crib Keeper. And that's right. Okay, so he's still with death and they're not playing cards. They're playing rock, paper, scissor, trading off parts. So it's kind of like that episode, season two, episode three, cutting cards, except for without cards. But uh, so they're hacking off parts of their bodies. And so death just lost. He threw rock and I believe, yeah, so then Crypt Keeper threw paper. And the Crypt Keeper's just throwing out them puns and having a good time. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... That Janet... She must be a hell of a cook. I don't know about you kitties, but I found Simone pretty hard to swallow. <laughs> Personally, I wouldn't have made them into a stew. I think Creeps Suzette would have been much more appropriate. <laughs> After he, you know, gives out the puns and stuff, then he goes and, and uses a meat cleaver to chop the hand off of death. And then you see just Death's head on the table. So it's like, that's how much he's lost to this. Like, his Crypt Keeper hasn't lost anything. But Death has lost, lost, like, every hand of rock, paper, scissors. And it's just a head and, like, an arm. I don't know. It's kind of, like, a weird ending. Um, and then Crypt Keeper's laughing having a good time. That's the end of Season 6, Episode 8, The Assassin. Kind of a weird episode. I, I mean, I like the build-up to it. It just gets kind of silly. But I thought Shelly Hack did a really good job playing Janet. And I liked the whole, like, cleanness, saccharine, sweet thing of it, even though it was this kind of, like, dark story underneath. 
Um, so there is some trivia for this from IMDb. William Sadler, who plays the Grim Reaper in this episode, also plays this exact version of the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey from 1991. The bookends and a majority of its jokes would later be reused for Bordello of Blood in 1996 and feature another appearance from William Sadler as a mummy instead of the Grim Reaper. So that is the end of season six, episode eight, The Assassin. The next episode is season six, episode nine, Stared in Horror. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, on Facebook, on Podcast Republic. You can send me an email at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. You can also check out Gus on Instagram. He has finally settled down. I don't know where he went, but he's on Instagram at a sweet cat named Gus. You can check out the podcast on Facebook. Check out and follow the podcast on Twitter at G-E-K Podcast or at Gek Podcast. Thanks again for listening and have a good one. Bye.